Hello, welcome to this episode of Deep Reflections with Bright. And today we're going to be looking at the topic of authenticity. I remember when I was working for a bank, and before I really got into that position in the bank, we had this long period of training, and there was something that was emphasized most of the time, and that was fake it till you make it. And it seems to be a very popular slogan in the business world where people are trained to pretend or to act in a certain way until it becomes real. But we know that this is not always the best approach. That excellence calls us to being authentic. Now I read somewhere that the average person puts on airs when in the lobby of a fancy hotel or when in a car showroom people hide their emotions. And the third place where people like to pretend is in the church or a synagogue. People like to pretend like they have everything all together. But that is not always the case. And that shouldn't be the case. And it's a more excellent way. It's a better approach to doing stuff like this. But why? Why are we always trying to pretend? Why are we avoiding being authentic? being true to our own selves and true in our expression of ourselves to others and especially to God. And I think one of the reasons is because we are not willing to take responsibility for our actions. We keep playing the blame game. And this isn't something new. Our first parents in the garden were the first players of this game. When Adam was questioned by God, what have you done? Have you eaten of the forbidden tree? Instead of Adam to take responsibility for his actions, he began to blame his wife and say, God, the woman you gave me, she's the one who led me astray. And guess what? Eve also blamed the serpent. No one was willing to take responsibility for for their actions. And that's one of the reasons why we try to fake things. Because really, when we have to deal with our issues, it's sometimes hard to tackle and we feel the weight of that responsibility and we try to shift shift that or blame someone else. And I discovered that there are five major ways in which we shift responsibilities or we blame something else just to avoid taking responsibility for our actions or the choices we have made. And one of them is um, psychological determination. And this is where we blame um, our actions or decisions on our ignorance and we say oh i didn't know better or uh, uh, i i just thought and felt this way and this is why my mind told me my heart told me that this is the right cause of action and so we blame psychology and we say oh i didn't know any better another one is physical determination and this is where you say you know my body my blood just move me in this direction. I felt a strong urge that I couldn't resist. And that is why I engage in this practice. That's why I did that. It's, you know how people say there's certain actions you cannot control, which is a lie because you're called to temperance and self-discipline. When people blame their physical framework or somatic framework for the actions that they take. The third means by which people reflect um, responsibilities is 
sociological determination and this is where people blame the culture society in which they grow up in and which they live in or which has the most influence on them and here it's more like everybody's doing this so why is it a big deal everybody in this culture is smoking weed why is that a big deal everybody is engaging in premarital sex why is that a big deal it's the culture it's the norm and so we shift the blame we blame our upbringing we blame our parents for not teaching us any better and we refuse to take responsibility for our actions number four is the demonic determination this is where we get spiritual and just like Eve we blame the serpent and says the devil made me do it of course it is true that temptations are being championed by evil spirits but they do not override the human will with every temptation there is a listening to the voice of the enemy there is a cooperation with the enemy the enemy does not force himself on anybody's will at some point in time the enemy suggested thoughts, presents something tempting in front of you. Your will would have said yes or no. Number four is when people blame God ultimately. As the God determination saying, you know, God made me do this. God led me in this way. But we know the scriptures, the word of God revealed that God does not taint anyone with evil. He himself isn't tempted with evil. If anyone is tempted, it's because that person has been drawn away by his or her own lust. So, this is part of the reasons why we refuse to take responsibility. And I'm talking about taking responsibility for action because it is part of being authentic. To be authentic, we have to take responsibility for actions. And... Another reason why people avoid being authentic and being true to themselves and to others is because they didn't want to deal with the shame and guilt. Of course, there are certain actions that are shameful for sure, and these actions bring guilt. And being authentic means you have to own that this is our reality, this is the world we're living in. This is the way I've lived my life in the past, so I'm currently living my life right now. And so that, that brings shame. And the truth is that not every shame is evil in itself. Because shame can walk towards repentance. Shame can move you towards repentance. That feeling of shame makes you detest certain actions and deeds. It makes you run away from them. Guilt makes you seek mercy. So when you feel guilty, do not despise that run to the means of grace and to the means of mercy which i will be talking about at the end of this podcast and number three reasons why number three reason why we refuse to be authentic is because human beings are just lazy and slothful we're slothful and we didn't want to engage in the process of growth and development because authenticity calls for growth if I'm authentic with myself and this is where I am and I know that this is where I ought to be and that means I have work to do I have books to read I have praying to do I have um, sermons to listen to conferences to attend workshops to be part of any means of growth I'll have to engage them and that is true we do not want to grow most of the time we are 
trying to always be comfortable where we are. And that is not a good thing. We're called to become better. We're called to become a better version of ourselves every single time, every single day. To improve, to grow, to become more like the God who gave us life and breath. That is what God is calling us to. Now, I'm going to conclude by calling us to being authentic. It's a call. It's, it's the way that God wants us to walk in, to keep it real. Now, when God was revealing himself to Moses, and God was calling him to go bring Israel out of Egypt, because the Israelites were enslaved in the land of Egypt, and Moses encountered God and God met with him and God said I'm sending you to go speak to Pharaoh to let Israel go and Moses was like who are you what would I tell Pharaoh that you are and God said I am that I am you see God himself is authentic God is who he is God does not pretend to be something else he does not diminish himself for anything his glory he would not show any, any other God does not pretend. And God swears by himself because there is no greater. God is true to who he is. And if we're going to be sons and daughters of God, we ought to be true to who we are. And in becoming true to who we are, we can become who we've been called to be in him. For we are called to be in the I am, to become like God. As much as, it is, as much as it is given to us in this life, in this time, we've been called to be like Him. So when we, like God, says, this is who I am, then we can open our hearts to forgiveness that we have through Jesus Christ. And we can open our hearts to the means of grace that God has given to mature us, to grow us up into the image of Jesus Christ. I remember a story of an artist who wanted to paint a picture of the prodigal son in his wretchedness. And so he met this poor, wretched-looking man and said, You know what? Come see me. I want to paint a picture of you. And I want to reward you and bless you after that. But just come as you are. Because you, your story reflects uh, the kind of story I want to paint about. So this poor wretched guy got excited. Wow, I'm going to meet this popular artist. And so he cleaned himself up, um, changed his clothes, and went to meet the artist. And the artist said, what happened? What have you done? I was trying to capture you in your wretchedness. I was trying to capture the story of the prodigal son as it is reflected in how you looked. And after that, could clean you up and could give you some money but I feel that that's how we are we are like this poor man we try to make ourselves into what we ought to be instead of surrendering our hearts to the Lord and allowing him walk, walk in us of course there is cooperation but this is not a cooperation in our might it's a cooperation with the Holy Spirit it's a cooperation with God and the first step is to be authentic. Tell God, God, this is how I feel about this. This breaks my heart. This is 
This is the real me. Let's, let's not pretend. This is the real me. The problem with the Pharisees in Jesus' times was that they were always pretending. Pretending to be more spiritual than they actually are. And Jesus said they are like graveyards. They're like graves of people who are well painted and garnished, but instead are full of rotten bones. And God is calling us to be authentic. And when we own ourselves, grace is given to become who we have been called to be in Christ Jesus. Thank you.